So the plant starts to go, oh, I, I got plenty of, I got plenty of ph uh, phosphorus right now. I, I don't need you. Well, the fungi is going to say, the mycorrhizae is going to say to the plant, well, fuck you. I'm still taking your sap. Right? So it's actually kind of gone pathogenic because the mycorrhizae doesn't want to die. So mm -hmm. it's not going to just let the plant starve it because it's infected it, man. It's, it's, it's in the fucking plant. So the plant really can't kill the mycorrhizae. And the mycorrhizae can drain the plant. Maybe it can't kill it. But so there's these balances in nature that we don't appreciate or respect. But this goes back to the F to B conversation, which I've had with Elaine off air, that I think that that original concept was extremely valuable in bringing the soil food web to the world. But now it's time to take another step. In other words, the F to B ratio was based on undisturbed soil. Well, we don't work in undisturbed soil. We work in disturbed soil. So therefore, yeah. we have to have a better unit of measurement that depicts the early succession of our disturbed soil so that we're not trying to compare disturbed soil to undisturbed soil. Right. And she agreed with me. She said, you know, you're, you're right. Your thinking is right. But you know, I, I'm, you know, she's getting up there. She's getting ready to retire. She's not going to, you know, go out and start trying to figure out a new methodology mm -hmm. based on disturbed versus undisturbed. Although I've had conversations with other, um, you know, soil food web consultants or school uh, labs consultants that, you know, asking them, brainstorming with them, hey, have you ever thought about like maybe a protozoa to bacteria relationship or, you know, or, or maybe protozoa to fungi the bacteria relationship so that we get a better understanding of where we are in succession i mean yeah our ultimate goal is to have 10 to 1 fungi but it may take 10 years to get there and the, again that's measuring saprophytes not mycorrhizae so well, let's say you're you're looking at uh, andy's uh, biology report is there such a thing as having too much protozoa in in her targets nope no, no, it's a, fact, it's clearly a huge problem, right? Right. If you have too many protozoa, they will just insist. Well, so yeah, so they'll eat all your bacteria. Like, well, no, they, they will right. never, they will never eat all the bacteria. So think, no, prey okay. think prey predator, right? Uh, the deers move into Yellowstone. The wolf population explodes. The wolf population consumes all the deer. Well, guess what? The wolf population will shrink. Or they'll move out of the area to, to forge for new game, right? So there's these regulatory things. We call them the great reset, the great the great corrector. You know, I, I can't even use the word fucking reset anymore because of these fucking pirates and the fucking public media. But bottom line is nature has reset buttons. Nature has a way to regulate systems. And so in a situation where you have too many protozoa, the protozoa will just go to sleep. They'll just go, they'll okay. shut off. They'll, they'll insist. And we know they can live for hundreds of thousands of years, if not millions, before anything happens to them, right? So we, we know for a fact that the bacteria living on the outside of the fucking space station is doing okay. It's being exposed to vacuum, uh, extreme radiation, no oxygen, but it set up a biofilm and they went out there after five years, scraped some of this shit off, 
threw it in a vial, sent it back to, or maybe they microscoped it up there or they sent it back to earth. I don't know. But they basically said, oh, the bacteria was still there. So we know that these things can live in an insist form, even in the vacuum of space. So again, there's no such thing as too many protozoa. Is there such a thing as too many bacteria? I would have to say no in the right environment. I mean, like a swamp in, in, the, in, the, in the silt, that's the muck, there's a fucking ton of bacteria in that. And it smells like shit. And it, you know, if you get it on you, it does the smell stays there for a while. It's not like it just washes right off, right? So again, you know, depending on the situation, um, I don't think there's ever such a thing as too much biology. I think it will okay, regulate. But I was I was under the impression that let's say you already have enough protozoa, you don't want to like bring in a protozoa tea. I'm wrong about that. Well. You know? No, because now you're being a moron. You already know your relationship right. is perfect. But you're kind of saying you can't be a moron, like you can't have too much. Again, in certain circumstances, right? It, mm -hmm. If I'm trying to regenerate soil, I'm going to fucking pound it with my shit, right? I'm going to do a triple fucking wash so that I get as many protozoa as I can in the ground. But once I've established that ground, I don't come back. I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there is a way to be a moron in, in a situation where I've already got your soil completely established and, but I just want to make some money from you. So I'm going to come back and treat it again. That's being a moron, right? Yeah. I don't need to do it, but I needed the money. So I had to do it. Right. So right, right. again, in context, in context, there is no such thing as, as a true moron when you're dealing with biology, there, okay. it'll regulate. It'll and correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, you know, the, the way that I want to approach long term my horizontal beds is biology wise. I'm hoping to just let them do their thing and not necessarily re-inoculate a whole bunch. And a big part of the organic regenerative scene is people are really, really into their inoculants and their teas and et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of want to leave that aside and let the soil do its thing long-term. Would you, would you agree with that approach? Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I, that's my that's approach. Point, right? That's my approach. I've been doing it for 15 years and I stand by mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Once you, once you, you get to remediate a, a dead soil. Right. Or to get a soil jump started or a compost yeah. pile jump started. You know, yeah. once, once you get it going, like I, once I'd get a compost pile going, I don't add more, fish brew to it it's going it's it's got everything i need now i just got to strip it right and then if i'm making an inoculant i strip it with fish tea fish brew so that i'm giving you i'm giving you high powered shit that i know is going to work even though some of those protozoa are going to die when they get into your soil because i'm transitioning them in there and some of them are going to run into salts and fertilizers and residual pesticides and they're going to die so i'm landing in the first wave of troops yeah, we're going to have some casualties, and I'm going to land them in again, and hopefully yeah. that time they're off to the races. If they still aren't fully friggin' where I want them, then I'll hit them again. But once yeah. it gets going, no, there's no need to do that unless you're using a synthetic. Say, say you know, somebody came along and sprayed herbicides on your lawn. Of course. Well, 
or drift. You know, there's a million different. The water, the water alone is loaded with fucking chloramine. Chloramine's mm. a biocide, right? Yeah. So there are situations where the natural uh, resources are fucking up the soil biology. In that case, yeah, then you're gonna have to reapply. Yeah. So well, all of these. I'm gonna test. Uh, I'm gonna test. You know, um, maybe every six months or so to, to see what's going on. Yeah. 